Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined, as always, by co-host Ryan Donnelly. Ryan, what's up, man? Oh, Patrick, we're chilling. Um, I have been hard at work this week in the Taylor Swift content mines. I've been yeah. posting a bunch oh, about you, you, you know, have Travis been, Kelsey. You have been yeah. hard at work in the Taylor Swift posting mines. You've been really... I've actually been meaning to call HR on you about that. It has been. Sort oh of yeah. A, you've taken kind of an, an an inappropriate approach to it, I would say. But uh, what are you going to do? Um, yeah. Call the cops, <laughs> bitch. I'll fuck them. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've. It's been. Uh, it's been busy. It's been a busy week. We're heading into week five here of college football. Of course, Travis Kelsey, our favorite college football player, our our favorite college football story. We love it. We can't get enough. Yeah, we love him. Yeah. Um. That guy looks like a hillbilly. I don't. I have no further thoughts on him other than he looks like a hillbilly, and I do respect that he is doing this as a hillbilly. Um, Very is... funny kind of guy. He's kind of a. I kind of call him a Florida Georgia Line style individual. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where he <laughs> he starts by like just like appropriating like black culture, then moves on to appropriating country culture. Yeah. Um, and he'll he'll settle on in the middle by I don't know he'll eventually stop dating Taylor Swift and take up with he'll have a gay relationship with morgan wallen probably coming up uh-huh. soon that would be uh, really cool he's he's <laughs> a he's a west virginia style democrat would be my my description of him <laughs> he's like a yeah uh, he, he's a he's a he's a very much he seems like an akron guy he's the kind of guy who you would meet in akron if he's from just cleveland like, heights yeah, yeah if you were just like walking to the gas station he's a guy who's hanging out outside of the gas station he's a gas station style individual for sure yeah he's from like copley ohio um uh you know you, and all the connotations that we all know about that famous supper come five, along with like that. five or six dead soundcloud accounts in his history that you'd have to <laughs> you'd have to hunt for various various ridiculous names that he's tried to adopt uh yeah yeah i, I was introduced into a, a brief rabbit hole by our friend uh at dirtback we are victoria on twitter this week okay are you familiar with the gaylor fans do you know these people yeah i'm aware of this this is this is something that i'm aware of because of how funny it is um yes <laughs> <laughs> this is mutual bearding that they're both closeted from the and they're, they're mutually <laughs> really really funny yeah oh man um it's the- also like that's horseshoe theory where uh like the outkick freaks thinks that he's gay because he's doing but like commercials and the pfizer vaccine yeah and then uh actual gay people think he's gay because he dates taylor swift um and also (laughs) the gayest thing a man can do (laughs) (laughs) and also because he drinks yeah (laughs) they both think he's gay for the same reason with totally different perspectives on it yeah pretty funny that is that is really awesome i i respect to those guys for for their their pure posting power i think we have said it on here before um they are uh the college football message board poster mindset with a lot of those people you got to respect that. <laughs> you gotta yeah you gotta tip the cap game respect game i'm doing a jersey swap with like the most insane 24 year old you've ever met in your entire life <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that's great also what if gaylor was uh like the lgbtq student section for baylor football <laughs> I don't think they would want to have that. I don't think that there's room at the university for that sort of thing. <laughs> I, think, I think that the, the, the university president after the game would have to come out and make a statement of like apology when you didn't know that they were like going to do this. <laughs> it's like how British clubs like, uh, you know, disavow their hooligans and they're like ultra yeah. fans. Yeah. Uh, except, <laughs> except it's, uh, you get it. You get it. Yeah. Um, 
Um, that, well, that would be good. <laughs> Something to think about. Um, yeah. And these comments are all brought to you, by the way, by uh, Homefield Apparel, our oh, sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They can't get enough of this stuff. They love this shit. Uh, do you want to tell us about Homefield a little bit? Yeah. Homefield Apparel is a college football collegiate. You know, I just doubled up on that. Mm. Uh, it's, a, it's a collegiate sport uh, merchandising and branding and t-shirt company. They make a bunch of shirts. They make a bunch of jackets. Um, I think there's some hats out there. There's some joggers. Um, they uh, they were, I think, involved in funding, if I recall correctly, uh, Diego Maradona's cocaine business. Uh-huh. Um, they have a few other connections out there. They're kind of a, a, a multinational conglomerate, um, but their main business kind of funds the rest of it are the t-shirts and, and, and gear for collegiate yeah. football. Yeah. Um, really great shirts out there. Um, they have a lot of cool stuff dropping. There's some new stuff in the works I've heard about lately that I'm pretty excited about, uh, from our pal Taylor. She was sending us some, um, some new stuff they're working on, you know, allegedly behind the scenes. If she can get in trouble for that, she actually didn't do that. Uh Um, but they have stuff (laughs) dropping this week. I cannot imagine that the secrecy at home field is especially strict based on (laughs) general interactions I have had with home field. I think they'll probably be (laughs) fine with it. I don't imagine it's going to be, we're not telling you what it is. Just, we have seen some cool stuff. (laughs) Yeah. There's some breaking news. They're making new shirts. <laughs> um, oh my God. Yeah, yeah they have stuff this week for Kansas and Texas and Auburn and Georgia and Boise State and Memphis and Louisville and NC State. The um, I will say the Auburn and Texas shirts are really sick. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you saw those this week. They're really good. Yeah. Um, especially it's unfortunate that Auburn is the way that it is, but the shirts are cool. I do have uh, that an Texas Auburn. Shirt is fantastic. I do have an Auburn sweatshirt from Homefield. I've got the big tiger. Unbelievable. Yeah. On a, on a big gray sweatshirt. I've got sweatshirts from all sorts of schools. I'm wearing a Miami of Ohio sweatshirt right now. I've got a Virginia tech one behind me. It is really just a, it's a, it's a menagerie of shirts and, uh, the best place to go if you want to uh, increase your collection of guys, your collection of shirts and t-shirt or, or you know sweatshirts and pants and all of that good stuff, uh, is to go to homefieldapparel.com. Use code Meet at Midfield for fifteen percent off your first purchase. Um, yeah, Homefield, we like them, folks. We like them. You get the official uh, stamp of endorsement here from from flipping the field for Homefield. Uh, you also get that for our own thing that we do. Of course, we're going to go and approve that. And it is, you know, they put that in front of us. We say, yeah, that sounds great. Meet at midfield.com. Premium posts, premium podcasts once a week. You get the uh, the weekly episode of this show. You get the weekly episode of High Street Freaks, the show that you do with Kevin. Uh, you get the all of the posts that go up on the website during the week. It's like, I think it's a post a day, right, pretty much? Yeah, yeah, pretty much this point, at least um, Sunday through Friday, post per day, uh, if not more. There was more this week, obviously, for a big, a big week of college football. We had a lot of shit cooking um, in all those games. There was a lot, there was a, it was a pretty big week this past week, and um, this week is still a good one. So we're gonna have a lot of stuff coming too. But uh, with Ohio State being on bye week, some of those freaks are taking a little breather. Uh, it is not an Ohio State website to clarify. Also, it is a national college football website. But yeah. we have um, a we just have a large contingent of Ohio State fans on the message board by virtue of what we <laughs> used to do. Um, yeah, like they're in the me. walls. They're in and, the walls. And, and also I will, just who, the like, way I am. Yeah. yeah, and also as as any as a person who is a fan of like any other team, if you're if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I don't know about all the Ohio State fans. Uh, one on the message board, they're 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 generally normal outside of the Ohio State threads. And two, it's so much fun to watch them in the Ohio state threats it's like one of the best things that we have is that you can just pop into at any time on a saturday pop into a a thread that's 
70 pages long of people just melting down over a win <laughs> over... against Youngstown State. Yeah, yeah, yeah over a 35 to 7 win against an FCS team, just people losing their minds. And then the next week, uh, convincing themselves that they are headed directly to the national title for a bigger win over Western Kentucky. Um, it's really, yeah, really wonderful. Yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> it's very good to just watch the, to kind of live vicariously through them and to watch the roller coaster. Um, it is, it is legitimately, it's very, very good. And they, they keep it and, pretty contained to the Ohio State stuff. Everything else on there is yeah. pretty normal and also really fun. And I think a lot of smart insight. I will also say like the specific insecurities and arrogance of Ohio state fans lends itself in my opinion, more than any other fan base to watching like the entire country's football games. Yes. Like Georgia, and Alabama fans, like they have the whole sec thing going on, right. Where they kind of only care about their conference. And also if they win, I mean, why else, why bother? If they win that, they, they go to the playoff. Um, but Ohio state fans are constantly watching everyone else's game every week. So they can either shit talk or feel worse about themselves, depending on which mood they're in. Um, which is fun. Everyone loves that. Uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting vibe on there. I think we have a lot of really great national coverage. Talking about that Michigan State coaching search, um, talking about the implications of Clemson dying. Yeah. Um, you know, talking about uh, we have a, a just a whole playoff speculation thread going all season. We have um just the Big Ten East look in and who's you know competing the Big Ten East every week. The Pac-12 has been a fucking riot. We're following the Pac-12 every week. The game threads themselves throughout the week are, are fantastic and um. You know, it's a not this week, but like it's you know, it's a Thursday night, like you know, App State coastal game that's going thirty pages. Like yeah. people are just locked in on that board. Yeah, yeah, they are. And I, I have actually, this is we can we can end the ad. I just I have been thinking about this, and you mentioned the Pac-12 thing, and I do want to put this to you because I don't think either. Uh, I think Washington might be on the watch list this week, which we're going to jump into in just a second. But I don't think Wazoo is. And so I want to bring this up ahead of time just to get your your thought on it. Is this the the coolest that two Power 5 teams from the same state have ever been at the same time with Washington and Washington State? I think it very well could be. Um, if Hmm. If they stay at this pace, it would be very, very hard to match them. I'm wondering if like some of the peak uh big three years in florida might have topped this yeah um like were there times where you'd fs like spurrier bowden overlap uh, you know like bobby bowden and, and uh yeah and spurrier overlapping maybe i i um, will say that neither of us would know the specific year for that is a reflection that it is not as cool as this because it, yeah, we, we would remember it if it was <laughs> if it if it was that cool um yeah i there are some examples i mean like i think 2013 Alabama and Auburn were both really good, but as for just pure like the vibes of the team, um, they're immaculate at both Wazoo and Washington for entirely different reasons. Um, it's very good. I like it quite a bit. I, I am uh, I'm monitoring that situation very closely. Uh, anyway, Definitely. anyway, let's jump in here. Let's talk about the watch list. It's a pretty good week five. I, I think it is. You know, it's not as loaded with marquee games as last week was, but there are a lot of really important ones here still. There's a lot of good stuff here still. And, of course, we can start off on Friday, September 29th, with the Guantanamo Bay game for the weeknight. Utah at Oregon State, 9 p.m. on FS1. Um, Cam Rising, still questionable, still day-to-day. Kyle Whittingham said that he is splitting practice reps with Nate Johnson, who has been the backup quarterback these last couple games. I don't really think he would do that if he thought he was going to be the starter this week. I would imagine that it's going to be another 
another week. I think they have a bye week after this one, and so you'd get him back for the last seven games of the regular season fully healthy. Now, would I recommend doing that if he is good enough to play in this game, if he's healthy enough to play in this game? I don't know. I don't really... I think Utah could win this game without Cam Rising, given that it just beat UCLA without Cam Rising. I think that that defense is good enough that it can travel, but you would sure make things easier on yourself if Cam Rising was good to go in this game and, and ready to play, because this offense has been really, really, really shitty uh, without him, and Oregon State's biggest weakness is the secondary, and there's not anybody who can attack that if you don't have Cam Rising back there, because Nate Johnson is not doing it. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I mean, Johnson just has been very, very limited in his passing ability. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I think Utah has just been so good about playing the kind of football game they want to play. Yeah. But Oregon State is the one team in the conference. You could argue maybe Oregon in the right week, but it's built to play Utah's kind of game. Yeah. Um, and and still win, right? Like Oregon State is perfectly okay playing a a physical slog game in the trenches playing field position all day they love to do that like yeah. i mean they, they are perfectly comfortable playing that game it's how they want to beat everybody else i think utah at its best is definitely better at it um but i i think that this is definitely a, a very competitive game that oregon state's capable of winning uh, especially if cam rising can't provide a threat in the passing attack because yeah. you know dj has been pretty hit or miss at least as well like i don't think he's been perfect this season he's completing less than 60 percent of his passes but the kid does have an arm that can uncork it. And like, you know, Oregon State's one explosive way for winning this game. Because I yeah. don't think Utah can generate them right now. Yeah, and, and it plays pretty well to Oregon State's weaknesses if Cam Rising can't play. Like Oregon State, the worst thing, like I said, that Oregon State does is it's pass defense. I think they're, yeah, 105th in success rate allowed in pass defense, which is not uh, good. It's not good. There are, you know, <laughs> there are better places to be. They're not amazing against the run either, but they are better against it than they are against the pass. And I think that the one kind of sets up the other. Um, and if Utah can't really threaten to pass, which it has not been able to do against anybody without Cam Rising, I, I don't think that either of those backups are especially good or really ready to go, which is not entirely their fault. They, you know, weren't expected to be the starters this season. Um, right, but that do, it does play well into into what Oregon State does, as does the fact that like Oregon State runs the shit out of the football. They have, I think, a top five rushing attack nationally. I, I would I would pretty comfortably put them in there. They're very very good at that. And if you can churn out yards, which is a lot easier said than done, because Utah has one of the best run defenses in the country. I think that Utah's pass defense is probably better than its run defense. But if you can grind out yards and just just sustain possessions it will make things a lot easier on your defense against that limited offense which has been you know part of the issue it's not that Utah's offense did a whole lot against uh against UCLA you really can't give them a free touchdown you can't spot them a defensive touchdown because that will be the difference of the game there's going to be only a couple touchdowns in the game um but if Oregon State can play its game can keep the ball on the ground can hold on to it for an extended period of time not turn it over um, there's a game state where they could win this. I think Utah is better at this than Oregon State is right now, but there is a situation where it could happen, where where Oregon State runs the ball well, Utah collapses in eventually to stop it, and DJ hits one or two, and that's the ball game. Um, I don't. I would not expect that. I think that it's going to be hard to get there for Oregon State, but I do think it is. It's possible playing at home with their backs against the wall as they try to, you know, keep themselves up at the top of the conversation in the Pac-12. 
uh, after their loss last week. I would imagine that the environment here is going to be awesome. We love a weeknight game in uh, in, in uh, Corvallis, and I'm I'm really looking forward to this one. I think that this is one of the best games of the week. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Something I'm curious to watch is the turnovers. Yeah. Um, Utah has like put the ball on the turf uh, way too often. Oh yeah. Um, they have uh, they have fumbled. I believe it's at this point six times already this season uh, and have only lost one of them. Um, Oregon State is not a good defense, really, but they are opportunistic. And, and I am kind of curious to see if that luck runs out on Utah. They, they kind of don't really – like Dave Johnson is not a good passer but has not turned the ball over. He's not really put the ball in harm's way a lot. Um, he kind of plays like a – he's a poor man's JT Barrett, right? Like, like he, he's going to run the football a lot. He's not going to pass it downfield very much. He'll hit most of his passes, but he hasn't really turned the ball over a ton uh, unless he plays Iowa. Um, but, you know, I, I think Utah can survive this game just playing clean, like execute well, play clean football, get into a field position battle, make the game slow for Oregon State, don't allow explosives. Like just keep this game basically on yardage all, 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 all day. Like if you can just do that, j- j- again, just play it simple. Don't try to swing for the fences. Just play your game. And, and you know, win slowly over the course of possessions. I think Utah will be fine. Yeah. Yep. I would agree with that. Next up here, moving on to the most wanted section, uh, Louisville at NC State, 7 p.m. on ESPN. Um, this one has been bumped up for what is described as conference title reasons. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to ask you the question: Which of these teams do you think is contending for the ACC conference title? Because I do not. I do not really. Uh, I do not have the same feelings about either of these teams. <laughs> I I don't think either one can. However, uh, if we're just evaluating these games on our conference title pill metrics that we have talked about previously, yeah, certainly neither of the game, neither of the team, Cincinnati, BYU will no. right. And I do not think that Louisville will. However, Louisville is currently four and zero, and I would say it's pretty likely to be five and zero after this game, based on what we've seen from NC State this season. Yeah. So at a certain point in time, I am going to pay attention to them to see how long they keep pulling it off for. Yeah. Um, which probably starts this week. I guess that's kind of my thought is that I find NC State to be reprehensible and, and <laughs> not fun to watch, uh, based on Brandon Armstrong being the quarterback there. I can't stand that guy. Um, I've been a hater of his now for about three seasons too, which I feel good about. Yeah. Um. Do you know how much offense Louisville's producing this season with Jeff Brom? Um, is it a lot? They're averaging 542 yards per game. Yeah, that's a pretty good amount. That's a good chunk of offense. <laughs> yeah. They are they are moving the football. And I know they played like they played Georgia Tech, Murray State, Indiana, and Boston College. Mm-hmm. I don't respect a ton of those teams, but Indiana has a I again I said this all season, probably a top third defense in college football, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um I think Georgia Tech's pretty competent. They have that Brent Key thing going on. Um, they're reliable enough, right? Like, I mean, they beat Wake Forest, which is something. They're three and one. Um, Boston College is not a good team, but they do historically have a competent defense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. It's a good enough number that I'm kind of taking, I'm keeping my eye on them. Yeah, I, I guess. The rest of the schedule for Louisville as well is not. Um not the most difficult in the world. I would say there is a, you can see a path to where they will still be contending near the end of the year, because after this it's Notre Dame at home, which is not a conference game. Um, Duke or or, uh, rather at Pitt, Duke at home, Virginia tech at home, Virginia at home at Miami, and then Kentucky, which is also not a conference game. Um, 
Duke and Miami, I would guess, are both going to be favored and should be in those games, but uh, they should be able to win all those other games, and that would probably be enough to keep them in contention, right? Yep, that's the whole thesis. It's just like if they win this game, the rest of the schedule looks, like you said, pretty shitty except for two or three games. And there's four games that are probably going to be hard after this one, and two of them aren't in the conference. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm keeping my eye on Louisville is all I'm saying. Um, And I think it's worth watching them here because Cincinnati and BYU are not really worth watching very much this season. That's kind of my thought. No, and that is our our no-fly list game here in this section is Cincinnati at BYU, 10.15 p.m. on ESPN. Um, This is on here more as a curiosity than anything. I think that the winner here could be eventually this season a bowl team. Um, The schedule is set up as such that this is going to be a pretty critical win for either one of these to get there. Um, I think, I don't really know who I think is going to win this game. Probably BYU because they're at home. It's a hard place to play. You're at altitude on a short week. Um For actual football reasons, there's really not a whole lot to say about either of these teams. I do think BYU has been a little bit better than we were expecting it to be this season, but that is not to say that they're like a bowl bowl team. (laughs) You know, I think that they're just a team in the the Big 12, and the Big 12 has a lot of bad teams, so you could maybe carve something out. The idea that, you know, next week's, not this week's, but next week's BYU at TCU game, or that's two weeks from now, sorry is likely to be a matchup of one loss teams feels fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, these are not very good football teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that is a, like, that's a fair way to put it. But B- BYU gets Cincy then, then a bye week and TCU gets West Virginia and Iowa state. Yeah. Like this should be a four and one versus five and one game in two weeks in, in, in Provo. That feels absurd. Yeah. Yeah, that does feel absurd. I don't really much care for it, I would say, even. I'm I'm opposed yep. to this actively. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot else to add on this. It's the late night game. Yeah, if you're not doing anything else on Friday night, it will be on. It's a thing you can you can flip to when Utah Oregon State is at commercial. It's the game that you can watch the end of after Utah Utah and Oregon State ends. Um, that's about it. It's a game. It's on. It's uh, kind of a fun novelty that these two are playing in a goddamn conference game. Cincinnati and BYU are in the same conference. It's just pretty cool. Pretty cool setup we've got here. Anyway, next up, Saturday, September 30th, noon. No Guantanamo Bay games here, but we do have a big collection of most wanted games. I don't think any of these really deserve promotion into the top tier, but they do all deserve a mention here, starting with Arkansas versus Texas A&M from Jerry World on the SEC Network. Um... I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't know about all this. It is a yeah. it is a game it is a conference game between two SEC teams that fashion themselves as bowl teams and and in Texas A&M's case as a contender in the conference. I do not believe that for a goddamn second, but they are both uh, of the stature enough that you would mention them in this sort of thing. I, I think yeah. Arkansas pretty badly needs a win here. I don't know if it's going to get it, but uh, this is usually an interesting game. It's usually pretty competitive. I, I think it could be fun, if nothing else. I don't know that it means a whole lot, but it doesn't necessarily have to mean a whole lot. I tend to agree. Uh, I guess also the, the noteworthy news here is that earlier today, Connor Weigman uh, was ruled out for the season. Oh, with an injury for man. Texas A&M. Yeah. So it's Max Johnson the rest of the year. 
Mac Johnson might just be better than Connor Blackman, right? I don't know. They're both uh, just like mediocre quarterbacks, but I will not be um, tricked again by Max Johnson. I have, <laughs> I have. I don't know. They they both are just so average, but like it's just there's a bunch of these guys coming through A and M every year. They seem hyped up by Connor Blackman. I don't really get why based what we saw, but they were jazzed about him. But then everyone also was jazzed about Max Johnson. I don't get their whole thing here. Why do they always believe their next? I, I maybe just college football fans do this, but like. AM specifically has had bad quarterback play for like six years in a row. Yeah. But is always convinced the next guy is actually the guy that's going to carry them through. It's just the system, brother. It's just the system. It's not good. Yeah. Yep. I don't have I don't have a whole lot to add to that. It's just the system. It is it is an issue that extends beyond any one person um outside of Jimbo Fisher, who is to blame and should be in jail. Um I don't I don't have a whole lot else to say about this one. It is it yeah. is on. It's a football game. Yeah. The, the, overall this noon slate, if we're looking at it like more holistically. Um, there's not a single marquee game, but there are enough games that like could result in some funny outcomes to think there'll be at least one or two upsets worth watching the second half. I, um, the way I would describe this is this is the, the Chinese buffet of, of noon slates. There's nothing yeah. really great here. There's nothing like, Oh yeah, I just want a bunch of that. You know, I, I don't want, I don't want a full plate of Arkansas, Texas A&M, no. but just a little bit of it, and when you pair it with you know four or five other things, you've got those little oranges on the plate. You got some dumplings. You got some fried rice, maybe a crab rangoon. Who's or two. getting the oranges, dude? Who's eating the oranges? I was a kid, and so I liked the oranges. The last time I went to the Chinese buffet, but that was like more than a decade ago at this point. Um, I well, don't I imagine been to a Chinese I would buffet be... that long. They're great. I, I don't, I, you know, I just don't come to the, to the opportunity all that often because I am. <laughs> Wait, uh, let's just get a detour here. Cause this like, yeah. kind of sucks. What are the best kinds of buffets in the world to you? Are you rating Chinese as your number one buffet? Oh, Chinese is easily the number one buffet. There's not. Easily? I, yes. Easily. I, are you going to the golden corral? Are you out there? The I'm not, I didn't say that. You're getting the 4 an p.m. Indian special. Buffet, an Indian buffet is fantastic. Yeah, I mean it would be it would be very good, but I also like there are there are dishes at the Indian place that I would just like to be the whole thing, right? Like I can just get the the you know the the one thing and be satisfied with it. Um, I, it, it almost feels like gluttonous to ask for more than that. The Chinese place you can just get a bunch <laughs> of little stuff, right? You can just you can just mix and yeah. match. But the Indian place, I just what want about the a, one a thing. Pizza buffet. <sighs> I'm not a big pizza buffet fan guy because they're usually not very good pizza is the thing, right? Like, I think we missed, yeah. I, 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 maybe you didn't, maybe you got to go to the good pizza buffets when you were a kid, but I think I missed the boat largely on the cultural thing of having pizza buffets, right? Like, that was not really, the ones that were doing it in my hometown when I was growing up, when I was growing up was like CeCe's and CeCe's is dog shit. It is terrible. CeCe's is dog shit. I went to a CeCe's when I was younger. Ugh. The one that I went to in college way too often is uh, me and a friend of the show, Luke Ward, had this class on Fridays, we lived together, some politics class that we never went to yeah. because we would always go to the Donato's pizza buffet instead, okay. which was like all you could eat pizza for like, I don't know, like 10 bucks at the time. Yeah. And uh, we would just eat way too fucking much, then go nap on the couch at home. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a huge Donato's man. I, I, uh, I can appreciate mm. where people are coming from with it. For me, the sauce is the is the primary flavor, and that's not really what I'm looking for. I don't I don't like the the sauce as the primary flavor. I want the dough. Interesting. I want the cheese. I want the sauce to just be a complement to it. And, and Donato's they kind of make the whole thing out of sauce. See, this is the fundamental difference between you and I. To yeah. me, the sauce is look. The crust is what delineates a pizza. The crust is like I think I go back and forth between crust and sauce. The most important part of the pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, 
anyone who says cheese or toppings to me is a child. Yeah. Um, the only two acceptable answers are crust or sauce. I think that um, I think that a good a well placed sauce can make the pizza. I think that if you have yes. the right amount of sauce and, and it and it is good, it will make it will be the difference between it being good and bad. It is just the issue for me is that when it is too much sauce, it's like I'm eating a big uh, piece of ketchup, and I don't really want that. I don't really yeah. want the sweet experience of pizza, and I get that too much from tonight. It's just sauce everywhere. I think that this is the fundamental difference between you and me is that you are wet and i am dry i I think that that is the easiest way to describe it (laughs) yeah i like to get wet dude in in the in the training day sense yeah um but i would say also i just really not i would say i don't know why i keep saying that phrase uh however (laughs) it's you and i have both picked up phrases we can't stop saying lately yeah you've been saying man alive i can't stop saying i've also i've also started saying boy howdy sometimes which is pretty cool i I think (laughs) i think living in idaho is just changing the chemistry of my brain yeah in a pretty funny pretty cool way there's a slice shop near me that I've been going to uh, here in New York uh, that has a spicy pepperoni pie with a vodka sauce. Ooh. Very good. Oh, very, yeah. very good. That does yeah. sound nice. That does um, sound all nice. All right. So the, the next game on this list is Clemson at Syracuse. Yeah. Um, look, Florida State already killed Clemson. They're done. Mm-hmm. Syracuse could really put the dirt on top of the casket. Like right yeah. now, Clemson is in the casket. They have been lowered into the ground. The the pine box is nailed shut. Syracuse can throw the dirt on top. Yeah. Um, and I mean, did you see? Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, do you think these guys are gonna be up for a trip to the Carrier Dome after what just happened? After the loss they just took, do you think that that's like, oh great, now we get to go to the fucking Carrier Dome. Now we get to go to Syracuse. Great. That's <laughs> that's exactly. We have to play Rocky Long's fucking defense and Garrett Schrader running all over the field. That is not a fun way to follow up a heartbreaking overtime loss. That is that is actually maybe one of the worst possible ways to do that. No, but there is some pride involved, right? Like You would think. I don't know. You would think. I, think I have some, not seen a lot of pride from Clemson recently. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I, I think there's... Look, Syracuse is a solid football team. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm curious to watch this one, like you said. It's going to be interesting. I, I'm just curious in these, in these kind of games. Syracuse has been good. I don't think much of their offensive line right now. I wonder if Clemson might just not eat in the trenches and just win that way. Like just yeah. play it dirty and ugly and just win like, you know, 31 to 13. I would not expect that to clarify. Yeah. But that's the game plan. If I'm Clemson is like, let me just send pressure and tee off on Schrader all day and see what happens. Yeah. I, um, I do think that, that Garrett Schrader changes that math a little bit because of how good he is at running. He can get away if you if you rush him. He's it's not that hard for him to get away. That's like one of the best things that they do on offense. Um, can he get away against Clemson's athletes? I don't know. Like like that's uh, they're not like very disciplined in coverage, but they can run like motherfuckers. Yeah. I mean, is he significantly slower than Riley Leonard is? I don't think so. I think I think Riley Leonard's one of the best athletes at quarterback in the country. Yeah, he's also six foot four. It's relative. It, it's it's Garrett Schrader is I mean Garrett Schrader's a big fucking guy. Um you don't realize how big Garrett Schrader is until you look up his fucking his profile page at, at, at Syracuse. He's like six foot yeah. three. He's just he's a he's a large man. Um but he move he moves in a different way and I don't think it's that I don't think it's that large a departure, if it is at all, from Riley Leonard. I think Riley Leonard probably has better straight line speed, but Garrett Schrader moves really, really well for as big as he is. Um, 
I, I did think, you see um oh sorry go ahead. I just I, I think it is I think it is distinctly possible here, especially because it's not just the offense for Syracuse. I think that the actually the better of their two units pretty significantly this year is Rocky Long's defense. And yeah. Clemson has figured some things out on offense. But I also think that Florida State didn't take an especially good approach to playing them in the first half, and that was when Clemson Agreed. scored almost all of their points. Syracuse is not going to hesitate to pressure you. Syracuse does not need halftime adjustments to send the blitz. They will do it from the snap. Rocky Long loves to do that shit. Um, I, I, I think that this is a... It's not the best possible matchup for Syracuse because that would be like just a shitty team. But as as you know, attempting to pull an upset goes, which I don't even know if this is would be an upset. I don't know who's favored here. Um, this is not. It, it could be a lot harder for Syracuse. I think that it works out pretty well with the way that this game and this matchup sets up that they could they could pull this off. I think that's fair to say. Um, it's definitely possible. I, I I am rooting for Syracuse. Obviously, I want to see this win. I want to see this win for them. Yeah, both for their program, what it means to them, but also, you know, it's fun to see Clemson lose. Yeah, for hater. Did purposes. you see? Yeah, for hater purposes. Did you see Bill Connolly's tweet about uh, Clemson's implied? The implied win probability now is it's more likely than not that Clemson goes worse than eight and four. Yeah, right now on the uh, on the SP plus schedule spreadsheet that I have, they're projected at seven point two three wins. Um, they, I mean, if they lose this one, it gets really shaky really, really fast because there are still some very losable games left on this schedule. They go to Miami. Um, I don't think NC State would beat them, but they do go to NC State. Notre Dame at home, North Carolina at home, at South Carolina. Um, it gets really tricky really fast <laughs> if you pick up a loss here um, where you're you're looking at, yeah, seven, maybe six wins. Um, it could be, it could be a very, very long season for Clemson. If this, if this breaks bad, if they can find a win here, I think that they could rebound and maybe, you know, aim closer to eight or nine wins, but things are not, things are not great there right now. They really, really did not, they could not afford to lose the game that they just did. And they really couldn't afford to do it in the way that they did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with that. And I I think that I'm, I'm obviously I think a Clemson disaster season would just be great for the sport. Like, let's get rid of these guys. Let's get some new blood in place. Yeah. Let's watch Dabo decline for the next five years. They can't fire him. It's a program legend. Like let's just get to celebrate them losing this way for the next five seasons. It's still going to be funny every time. Yep. It will still be funny every time. That is the Clemson motto. Next up, Florida at Kentucky on ESPN. Um, probably the best actual game. Yeah, like, probably right? the best actual game. Do we? Okay. I'll, I'll set the table here. Do we believe that Florida is actually improving, or did Florida just play McNeese State, Tennessee, and Charlotte? And I know they beat Tennessee, and Tennessee is considered a good team. I don't believe that. Has Florida actually improved, or have they just gotten pretty easy opponents? Because it's not like they dominated Charlotte. Yeah, I think it's the latter. I don't think Florida's offense is very good. Um, some of the Graham Mer- Graham Mertz is getting like national hype again. Why? <laughs> Why are you doing this to yourself? Why would you believe this? Everybody just um, loves to not learn anything, ever. Everybody is just, just operating on the same thing that they established in their brain like five years ago, and they will never move on from it. And we're all just stuck with our priors for the rest of our lives. That's all we have. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I also don't even think Florida looked that good 
in the Tennessee game. I thought Tennessee no. just looked bad. No, they tried to give it away several times. They did not want to put that game away, and, and Tennessee yeah. just refused to take it. But it wasn't like Tennessee didn't I mean, have opportunities. They you know, gave up the ball yeah. in that zone. I mean, Tennessee outgained Florida. They yeah. doubled Florida up on penalties, and they turned the ball over more. Like, yeah. that's the game. Yeah. Right. Like that's, <laughs> and and they were better on third downs. They like all like Tennessee was just Joe Milton fucked that game up. Joe Milton just missed on so many critical plays that it cost Tennessee the game. But Florida was not good. Like I don't like they also had one explosive from Etienne. Right. Like yeah. That's their whole thing is just getting one explosive from a running back, which they do have very good running backs. But yeah. Brad White's whole defense is limiting explosives. Right. He he gets he, he puts you behind schedule. And he limits your explosives. When's the last team that won the ball by running on Kentucky? Like, um, how do you win the game that way? Probably Georgia, right? And sure, okay, yeah. non-Georgia team. Yeah, and Florida doesn't have Georgia talent is the thing because very few teams do. Um, yeah, that that is. I I think that that's totally fair. And I will also say Florida hasn't really been that good at running the football this season, right? Like they have the explosives, no, they've been very but, inefficient. But yeah. that's about it with with the running because backs their that they have. Yeah. yeah, their O line is not very good, and there's not really much of a threat to pass, and so you can pretty much just sell out to stop the run. Um, they get a lot of empty yards through the air, but that's the Graham Mertz, you know, special. Um, I don't really know that Florida can move the ball here. I think that Kentucky's defense is not as good as it has been, like, you know, at the best, right? I, I don't think that this is like, you know, peak Kentucky under Stoops defense, but I do think it's good. I think it's one of the better defenses in the conference, and I don't think that Florida is going to have much going for that. I, I, I don't think that Florida's offense is really capable of carving out good situations for itself I think it needs to be given them and I don't think Kentucky's going to give it good situations and then on the other side of things Kentucky pretty much just needs you know three scores I think to win this game and I think Kentucky can find a way to get three scores even if you know one of them is coming from the defense and one of them is coming from good field position that's still three scores it still counts the same yeah yeah correct and I mean like Florida got one touchdown against Charlotte. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I don't on. think they were, I, I, I don't think that Charlotte's very good. I don't think I'm breaking any news by saying that. Yeah. Um, that should have been a more competitive game. Charlotte missed the field goal. They had two turnover on downs in opponent territory. Like they weren't going to win that game, but that should not have been, you know, as, <laughs> 22-7 was not reflective of how bad Florida is. Yeah. Um, I think Kentucky wins this game, and I think they probably win it by two scores. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. Which is probably too, too bullish, but... I don't have any I don't know much. I, I don't think Kentucky has a very consistent offense either, but I just trust Liam Cohen a lot more than anything Billy Napier is doing. I certainly trust Devin Leary more than Graham Mertz too. I, I, I think if you're, if you're picking a, you know, a, yeah. a guy to ride behind in this game, it would not really be much of a question for which one you you're going with. Yeah. Um, next up here, South Alabama, at James Madison on ESPNU big battle at the top or near the top of the Sun Belt. Uh, South Alabama coming off of a, a, a really bad loss to Central Michigan that ultimately will not matter at all for what it wants to accomplish this season, as we said on the recap. This is the conference opener for them. James Madison, of course, already opened conference play with a win at Troy. Um, returns home after a three-game road stretch that it went undefeated in. I think this is a really fun football game. I think that this is going to be very, very, very physical. I think James Madison is probably the better overall team, and they get this game at home, which is going to be helpful. Um, but South Alabama's defense is good, 
I think South Alabama's offense is solidly competent, and I think that this is going to be very, I think it's going to be balanced. I think it's going to be a really fun football game all around. Every unit involved in this, I think, is good to pretty good, and I, I it's just, it's fun. It's a very meaningful Sunbelt matchup. I'm a little bit worried about James Madison just wear and tear-wise, because their last three games have been at Virginia, at Troy, and at Utah State. They have seen a lot of different things in those last three games, and I think they're probably a little bit worn out. But it should be, I think it should be really good. I think this is going to be one of the more competitive games of the day and one of the more meaningful ones for a conference title race that James Madison is not allowed to partake in. Which does suck, obviously, as we know. But yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I, I want to see this here. I, I mean, South Alabama needs a bounce back win after that absurd loss last week. Yeah. Just got to get this win. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I like James Madison, but I am pretty partial to Kane Max South Alabama. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of in the bag for these guys, so I am blindly hoping it's less expecting a win for them. That's yep. kind of all my analysis for this. Yep. Should um, be fun. Two, uh, yep. two pretty good quarterbacks, two offenses that have some interesting things going, and then two defenses that will just hit the shit out of you. Two defenses yeah. that are very, very physical, very good at what they do. Last one here um, in the most wanted category. see Colorado. This game sucks, huh? Yeah, this game sucks, huh? This is, <laughs> this is. Uh, I mean, if anybody near the top of this conference can fuck it up, it would be USC. These guys are not serious about football. They don't care. They're off doing other things. Um, but Colorado has been pretty, pretty badly depleted by injuries. And I don't know that they're going to have the juice to really keep up here. That's pretty much the size of it. I mean, I don't know. Like they don't have, I, I guess the only thing I'm curious to see is like, like you said, how bad is USC's defense against these guys? Yeah. Like in Colorado score points, are they going to get completely like Oregon? I think it's a special blend of Colorado still having been undefeated. And the hype still being there a little bit. I think the way they got their ass beat last week takes a lot of the hype off these guys. Yeah. Finally, um, thankfully, which maybe I'm just being a hater. I, like, I, I am happy for Colorado fans to get to enjoy this. But, like, some of the narratives around Colorado have gotten so tiresome. I don't mean just, like, the whole, you know, talking about Dean all the time thing. Like, it's just the idea that actually the way Colorado talks to other opponents is normal and, like, typical. And they're not – look, everyone talks shit in college football – if you can acknowledge that the way Colorado approaches other teams is in the very upper percentiles of like shit talking and aggression towards other opponents, I think you've lost the plot a little bit. Like yeah. these guys approach the game in a more disrespectful way than a lot of other teams. And certainly from any team that's had this much unearned confidence. Yeah. Um, I, I, you, I think that that is true. I would also say, I don't really care. It's not my problem. And also you'll just get beat. And the sport has its way of working these things out, right? Like, I don't really... Exactly. I don't have a moralistic problem with it. I'm just saying that, like, if you're asking, oh, why are people taking so much umbrage with Colorado? That's why. Yeah. Like, that's why they're getting... Like, if you haven't accomplished anything and you talk like you're Alabama and you get beat 42-6... And then your fans come out and say, oh, like, why are you rude to them? Like, that's fucking why. That's why people get annoyed by that. Yeah. Um, there's a level of, like, arrogance that should come with winning games, and you have to beat better opponents before you start acting that way. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, did you see the graphic that was going around about Shiloh Sanders this week? <laughs> the, 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 the blood one, the pissing blood one? Yes, exactly that one. Yeah. Uh, it was, I'm pulling it up here right now. It was Shiloh Sanders uh, uh, pregame. I'll beat the fuck out of every one of y'all and y'all coaches. 
Shiloh, Shiloh Sanders post game, urinating blood sent to the hospital. <laughs> oh man, that's such a good graphic. That's an all time good graphic from like one of the 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 you know yeah. clickbait Instagram graphics uh, places. Yeah, that is that is really really wonderful stuff. Um, yeah, I I do think as a as a pure football game, you could say that this is now a trap game situation where you know Colorado has a lot of the heat off of it. People are not talking about this game as much as they would have been, you know, as as early as la- or as late as last week. Um, and right. also USC I am for them to win. I want yeah, to see them win. Yeah, it yeah. would be really funny. Um, also, USC is not capable of getting up for a game. They, this is not a motivated football team because their coach is off doing fucking commercials. Like they're they're the the motivation for this team is let's go get paid. You know, <laughs> let's let's go let's go land a let's go land a big time sponsorship. They're not motivated to play football. They don't care about football. These people are they're not serious. They should not be taken seriously. Lincoln Riley's in the locker room playing on his fucking phone before the game. He's not doing anything. He's just sitting there. And all of those guys are just sitting there. Um, I don't think that they can get up for this game in the same way that Oregon did because I think that there's a fundamental, diff- a fundamentally different approach to football that USC takes, which is that football is an avenue for everybody on that team to get famous, and that's it. That's the only thing that they care about. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously true, but... I don't know. I'm hoping that Notre Dame just beats the shit out of USC physically. Um, I think I'm away very impressed by Notre Dame. I know they are like historically losers as well with a possibly just as bigger of a loser head coach, if not more so. Yeah. Um, but I would like to see Notre Dame bully this team in a few weeks. I want to see Colorado score some points. I want to see them put up yards and defense. If they can't do this, it's going to be a, a long rest of the year for Colorado, I think. Yep. No, um, no fly list, unless you have anything else on this one. No. Uh, no fly list. Louisiana at Minnesota Big Ten Network. Um, is Minnesota going to win this game? <laughs> is, is Minnesota is, is Minnesota capable of winning this football game? They should be. I don't know. Man. Like in theory, yeah, they should be. I don't think Louisiana is especially good. They're certainly not as Can good they as they once the were. Yeah. But <laughs> per SP Plus, Minnesota is five point favorites in this game. The sixty one percent, about a sixty one percent chance of winning at home. <laughs> Against a not very good Sunbelt team. I mean, these guys fucking suck. They're horrible. They are truly, truly awful. There's nothing going on with this team this year. I don't know that they're going to win this game. They're coming off an, an awful loss. Just an awful loss to Northwestern. A game that they completely blew. Uh, Louisiana can move the ball a little bit. I think Louisiana is decent enough that they could win this game. I don't think it would be that hard. No, no, nor do I. Um, I just don't know if Louisiana can exploit what Minnesota's weak at. Like, Northwestern can, could. Louis- <laughs> Northwestern Louis- could, for sure, which is fair to say. I don't know, man. Like, I know it was a horrible week for Minnesota, and they that's obviously one of the worst losses a team at this level has taken in a long time. I just don't know that Louisiana can repeat it, I guess is my thought. Um I don't know. It's still Minnesota. Like I think they should still be able to run the football in this game. Um, I don't know. I, I can't say that. Like, look, Louisiana is a, a decent enough team. I think Minnesota is like bottom of the barrel Big Ten. Um, I I just can't say I have any interest in this one. Like I, I've learned enough about Minnesota to know that they are a completely unserious football team. I have no interest in watching the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, like they just are. They're they're not just like offensively bad they're also impossible to watch and have fun watching them. <laughs> yeah. Like they don't put an entertaining product at the field. There's just nothing. I, I just, 
I'm good. No, thank you. I don't yeah. like the coach. I don't like most of these players. Their quarterback is horrible. Their pass defense is bad. Their run defense is just okay. There's nothing serious. It just, no thanks. I'm good. I'm busy. Yeah. Their shoes, whack. Their quarterback, whack. <laughs> the way they play football, whack. Their head whack. coach, whack. Me, I don't remember what the guy says. <laughs> I don't remember how he <laughs> I'm is. tight as fuck. I'm tight as, I'm tight as fuck. <laughs> oh, man. I need to watch that video again. It's been a minute. Anyway, afternoon, the Abu Ghraib game of the week. You already know. It's Kansas at Texas, 3.30 p.m. on ABC. Ryan, can Kansas pull this off? Do you believe that Kansas can do this? Because I do. I absolutely believe that Kansas can do this. I don't I don't think I would pick it, but Texas's defense against this offense, I don't love that. I don't love that matchup for Texas. I think that Kansas can do some things here. I think Kansas can make some stuff happen. I think some of the lines on this are ridiculous. Like Texas currently favored by 17 points. I saw it as big as 21 at one point. Yeah. Uh, FPI has, and I think like uh, Parker Fleming's stats of war has uh, Kansas with like a sub 6% win percentage. Um, that seems so incorrect to me, right? Like, I don't know. The, like the, the, the adva- I will say the advanced numbers on Kansas are still trying to catch up to this team. They have been all season. The, the projections were very low coming into the year. It has been steadily going up since then. They're They're up from like, four projected wins to 7.25 within four weeks. And that includes a, a not super impressive win over Nevada. Um, I Yeah, the lines here really, I don't think, are reflective of the actual game itself. I have, I have one stat, not to just rattle off advanced stats, but I do have one that I think could be pretty important here. Offensive success okay. rate. Kansas is fourth nationally. Texas is 121st. 35.6% success rate. These guys cannot move the ball consistently. It's only big plays. It's just plays. all explosives. It's yeah. only big plays. They don't do anything else. That's the only thing they have. And I will say this. Kansas is perfectly happy to keep the football away from you all day. Yeah. And just play their offense and get chunk yardage with that great play design. Play over play, drive to drive. Like it's They're going to do it all day. Yeah. I think also like... Again, the, the question of this game, which is maybe reductive, but like, what Quinn Ewers are we getting? Yeah. Uh, which version of Quinn Ewers shows yeah, is, up? Is this a big because... enough game for him to try? Is this a big enough game for him to show up for? I don't know. I don't know that it is. It's a home game against a team that they traditionally don't respect. Uh, is he? I mean, I don't think I don't really like him throwing to to Kobe Bryant Island. I think Kobe wins that matchup most of the time. Yeah, I mean, Worthy is a very good receiver, obviously, and I think Texas running game. Should be be able to move the ball on on Kansas. You would think they're um, they're not they haven't been good this year at all. The Texas rushing attack has not really moved the ball on anybody. Yeah, I mean, look, we've seen good Quinn twice this year. Yeah, and bad Quinn twice. Right, he was very good against Baylor. I thought he was pedestrian to bad against Wyoming and Rice. It's just the same old Quinn, right? Like either like you get the great version of him shows up, you can be Alabama on the road. You get the regular week to week win and you can lose to Kansas. Like that, that's the way it works for him, right? Yeah. And I think Kansas can pressure him too, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Um, which is which is interesting. Um I don't know, man. I really don't have a good read on this game. I think, like I said, I think the betting lines are fairly absurd. I don't think this is a blowout either way. I think this is a four-quarter competitive football game that goes deep into the second half. Um, I would be pretty surprised if Kansas got run off the field yeah if they do i think you and i can say we were wrong about texas um i will never say that 
I will never ever say that. I will. I <laughs> talking about adhering to your priors, no matter what you see on the field. I will never change on Texas. These guys are not. I I will not believe it until they are holding the national championship up af- at the end of the season. I do not believe it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, if and I'll say also, if Kansas wins this game, they're going to be eight and zero hosting Oklahoma in a couple weeks. Uh, cause it's, or, or seven to no hosting Oklahoma in a couple weeks. Cause it's at Texas here. Then it's UCF at home and at Oklahoma state. Um, it, it, it could become, it could become Kansas time very, very quickly if they can win this game. And I think if it's a four quarter game, which of these guys do you trust to draw up a play that wins the game in the fourth quarter more Steve Sarkeesian or the, the Kansas, you know, offensive hive mind. I think it's Kansas pretty comfortably. Yeah, no, I, I I mean. Who can hold the ball too. in the fourth quarter? It's Kansas. Texas can't sustain drives. It's all big plays. Yeah. <laughs> they, don't, they don't do anything else. Yeah, I agree. Um, mm, I don't know. I'm trying to think through this game. I'm trying to like just wrap my head around it. I guess the question is, do you think that Texas can get free runners against the Kansas State secondary? Like, can they get guys open consistently? consistently no on a couple plays yes that's i think that's the whole deal i I think if kansas can can largely keep the ball away from texas which shouldn't be that hard because texas doesn't want to hold on to the ball if this is a you know a a possession time game where kansas is just grinding out yards and and extended drives texas's defense will be exhausted by the end of the game and texas's offense won't be on the field enough for it to matter I think that as long as Kansas can prevent Texas from scoring on big plays every time it has the ball, Kansas has a very, very real chance here, and I think Kansas can do that. I think Kansas can force a couple turnovers. I think it can get pressure to to force that sort of thing. I think Kansas can win the game. I think Kansas will win the game, honestly. If you were asking me to pick this game, I would pick Kansas to win. I think that they are well-built to handle this kind of thing. No, agreed. I I, I think Kansas is going to be able to play its game state more than Texas wants to. Like I I don't think this turns into a... Like every drive is an explosive play for either team. This game ends like 45, 42. I think it ends up a lot, maybe not lower scoring, but like, I, I don't think this is a track meet game, right? I don't think you're asking Devin Neal to go shot for shot with Quinn Ewers. He's not going band for band with Quinn Ewers, right? Yeah. I don't think that's the way they're going to play this game. I think Kansas wants to keep the football away from Texas. And I think they can probably do that. I am curious to see texas's defensive front against kansas yeah um i think kansas is so good at creating misdirection and and confusing teams in a way that texas has not really played this season they have played some fairly straight up football teams right like alabama is not really trying to confuse you no they can't no <laughs> they're trying to <laughs> they're trying to just run what they want to run and they, they're not good at it like kansas is trying to get you out of your comfort zone and, and create conflict among your assignments and I don't know if Texas has ever handled that well under the current coaching staff. They could barely do it against Wyoming, and Wyoming doesn't really do that. <laughs> like, like Wyoming, that was a fourth quarter game. That was a game going into the fourth quarter against a backup quarterback for an offense that doesn't really do that much. I, I don't know, man. I I think I just don't really know that Texas is going to be up for this. If Texas is up for this, then it's a very different story. But Texas is not good at getting up for games. They're just not. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I I agree, man. I mean, I know they did it this year. I have to respect they beat Alabama, but 
I'm just not willing to say that like this is a fundamentally different Texas team, much as it is that Bama team was dog shit. Yeah. Like I don't know. I don't know. I am it's hard for me to outright pick Kansas, especially going on the road. But I this is the game of the week to me by far. It's not even close. Like this is the game I'm by far most curious to see. Yeah. And I think Kansas has a chance to beat them. And if they do, I think the season gets very fun, the Big Twelve very fast. Yep. Yep. I would agree with all of that. Let's move on. Most wanted category, Georgia at Auburn, 3.30 p.m. on CBS. I don't give a, I don't give a shit about this game. I think Georgia's going to win by like three touchdowns. I don't think it's going to be interesting at all. I don't think Auburn can score. I just, just straight up, I don't think Auburn can score. Yep, that's pretty much where I'm at. I think that's going to be like a 31 to nothing win. It's going to be like when they played UAB or something. Yeah. Um, well, no they, thanks. They gave up, I think they gave up like 21 or 28 points to UAB. Oh, but, Jesus. Um, Did they? That's pathetic. Yeah, you can't, um, you can't be doing that. Um, Auburn's defense is decent. I guess I'll give them that. Yeah, that's sure. The Auburn's defense is decent. They might be able to get some stuff going here. I would not watch this one. I would, I would honestly, I would just watch Kansas. And then maybe shift through some of these no-fly list games if they're you know if anything interesting crops up. Um, I don't think that Georgia Auburn is really deserving of the second screen unless it's like close in the third or fourth quarter. I, I th- that is a keep an eye on the score game, as are all of these in the no-fly list. I'm gonna just roll through these and we'll see if there's anything that we like. Um, Eastern Michigan at Central Michigan 1:30 p.m. on ESPN Plus. Michigan at Nebraska 3:30 p.m. on Fox. Boise State at Memphis 4 p.m. on ESPN two. Um, Baylor at UCF, 3.30 on FS1. Houston at Texas Tech, 3.30 on FS2. Um, Indiana at Maryland, 3.30 on Big Ten Network. And Illinois at Purdue, 3.30 on Peacock. Anything here that stands out to you at all? Man, uh, no. <laughs> no. I, I guess kind of interesting <laughs> to see... Word watching. Kind of yeah. interesting to see Michigan against Nebraska's defense. I think Nebraska's defense is firmly okay. I think they're decent. Um, kind of feels like the same game that Michigan just played against Rutgers, except now they're on the road. Um, Boise State, Memphis, both of those teams pretty badly need this win. Uh, I, I think Memphis probably is going to get it done at home. But Boise State does have Ashton Ginty, and he's the best player on the field, and that could be kind of interesting, I guess. Um, EMU at CMU is just a fun, fun rivalry. If you need something to put on in between the games, it's you know at a weird time, we'll be in a different game state than the rest of these. Um, the the Big Twelve smattering, I don't really care about, and the the bottom of the Big Ten, I don't really care about. Just scoreboard watch. Keep an eye on any of these and, and, and flip to it late if any of them are, are competitive into the fourth quarter. I think that that's, that's about it for this slate. Yeah, I mean, there there's... I don't know. I'm sure if I should were to talk myself into any of these games being competitive, like... I think a lot of them maybe, will be competitive. I just don't have a reason to care. Right, and they're, I, not, they're not good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, the most interesting one, I guess, is I, I want to see J.J. McCarthy play Nebraska. I yeah. Know, Nebraska sucks, but, like... Maybe he has another bad JJ game and throws, I don't know, three picks and it's competitive into the fourth quarter. I don't be, really care. That would be a lot of picks. Probably not. That would be too Probably many. Not. He already say. did it against Bowling Green. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he sure did. He sure did. Um, yeah, just just keep an eye on it. See see what's going on here. I think that there are some teams probably fighting for bowl contention um, within this slate and some teams who could pretty badly use a win here, like Houston. I think Houston and Texas Tech both pretty badly need a win this week. Um, I would guess the Texas Tech, well, I was going to say I would guess the Texas Tech gets it. I don't know that I believe that. they got a backup quarterback. That could be a very different story there. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff One here. One in four Texas Tech. Oh, that's wild. <sighs> that happens. 
That would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool after the offseason that those guys had. Uh, evening, Guantanamo Bay, we got two games. First up, LSU at Ole Miss, 6 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, winner here, well, I was going to say the winner here would take sort of control of the SEC West moving forward, but Ole Miss did not win last week. So the winner here, if it's LSU, would do that. Um, if it is an LSU, then we've got a wide open race again. I think LSU is probably going to win this game. I think LSU is, is just fundamentally better than Ole Miss. I think that they're more physical. Yeah. I also think that LSU has not really been all that impressive so far this season. They, they've had moments, right? They, they, I think they, you know, obviously they kicked the shit out of Mississippi state and that was impressive. They did not really, uh, impress all that much against Arkansas. I think that game was probably a lot closer than they wanted it to be. Ole Miss does not have anybody who can stop, the, you know, Malik Neighbors. They don't really have anybody who can stop this offense in general, I don't think. But I would like to just see – I want to see LSU enforce its will here. I want to see LSU go on the road and dominate a a, a bowl team, you know, a, a competent conference opponent, a team that has some stuff going for it. I, just, I don't think Ole Miss can really stick around in this game unless LSU lets them because Ole Miss can't run the ball. Which is bizarre given the running back personnel they have, but yeah. but agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I I mean, like like you said, this this could be a get right game for the Ole Miss passing attack too. Yeah. Uh, I think that LSU secondary has been so bad that it's it's. I'm curious to see if they can do anything about that. Um, I don't know. I mean, the answer just based on what we saw from Jackson Dart against against Alabama and how poorly he handled pressure is just, you know, your LSU. You probably have the best pass rushing defensive front in the country yeah just let use them it. get after him yeah use and, it why don't you use it what's wrong with you why aren't you using the fucking pass rush why what are you doing <laughs> it's the strength of the defense what are you doing why aren't you rushing the passer what's wrong with you yeah <sighs> that's the whole problem uh but we'll see how they handle it um yeah, yeah okay i mean that game's it's something to watch, right? The, I, think I think the one I'm good. more interested in here. I think yeah, it's, it's pretty good. good. It's pretty it, good. It, I'll be keep my eye on it for sure. Yeah. The one I'm more interested in though is Notre Dame at Duke at 7:30 on ABC. Yeah. Um, this game to me is like, it's a real test for both teams. I think. Um, Notre Dame obviously coming off a huge loss at home, um, to Ohio State, really tough one. And they should have won that game. They were better than Ohio State. Yeah. Um, I thought for most of that game, um. Duke obviously had a big win against Clemson, which probably now looks a little bit less impressive mm -hmm. given what we've seen from Clemson ever since, but still an impressive win. They did do a lot of things right. Yeah. Um, you're at home. If you're Duke and you're actually pushing for an ACC title, this is the kind of game you want to win. And I don't know if that's Duke's standard, to be fair, or Duke's expectation this year. I don't know if they view themselves that way yet I... or if their goal is to win nine games and be ranked. I would, um, I would imagine that the goal for a team – under any circumstances when they're 4-0 is not to win five more games. I, I would I would assume no, that Duke, is, Duke is, is hoping and, and expecting to be a, a title contender in this conference because they have looked like one so far. They have kicked the shit out of four teams, and one of those teams was Clemson. Um, they have been very, very impressive. They're very good at what they do. I agree, and I think this is the kind of game that both of these teams, based on where they're at in their season— should be expecting to win, right? Like if you are who you think you are, this is the kind of game you win. If you're Notre Dame and you think you're a top 10 or 15 team, you use your talent advantage. You're more physical and bigger than Duke. You beat them, right? You go on the road and get a win, bounce back from Ohio State yeah. and set up well for your remaining games against, um, against USC and against Clemson. If you're Duke and you think you have a chance to really win the conference, um, 
you beat a Notre Dame team that kind of is, is offensively limited, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and is coming to your house. You've already you know beaten a team just as good, arguably in Clemson. So, I, I mean, this is a a good matchup for both these teams. I like Duke more, um, which I know is not really reflected by the current betting lines or anything like that, or the current you know advanced analytics projections. I just trust Duke more. I think Duke is better coached. Um, I think they are more experienced throughout the roster. A lot of new guys in Notre Dame's roster. Uh, Notre Dame doesn't have that great O-line. That is the equalizer here. Like, can Duke actually slow down Notre Dame rushing attack? Because Notre Dame gets five or six-yard carries all day. I mean, just keep doing that, right? Like, can Duke actually keep up? Yeah. Uh, because, I, I don't know. Like, if Notre Dame, as much as we, we do make fun of them for being a badly coached team, and they are, Marcus Freeman does suck. Um, they don't really turn the ball over a lot. You got to no. give them credit for that. They kind of keep control of the football more often than not. Yeah. Um, and can Duke win without creating turnovers? I guess it's my question. I think the answer is probably not. Duke has to create pressure and turnovers this game. Yeah, I think it, I think that that's probably you got to steal a possession or two away because Notre Dame will just hold it. Um, if Duke can do that and set its offense up with a few more opportunities, I think Riley Leonard is more than good enough to go and win this game. I I think that Duke is more than capable of winning this game if it can do that. But that isn't if Notre Dame is, is, you know, is what it is. I don't think that there's a whole lot of question about what Notre Dame is this season. They just, they're, you know, they're good, right? They're not great. They're good. I I think that they are firmly pretty good. They're good on the lines, um, specifically the offensive line. I Duke if Duke wins this game, we're looking at a situation where Duke is six and zero going to Florida State, and I think we could very well be looking at a situation where Duke is contending for like an eleven win season because the rest of the schedule is not super hard. If you can get this one, things look very very good for you moving forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you're in fantastic position after this because I mean, in the remaining schedule, they still play at Florida State, which I think we're chalking up as a loss, but yeah. I mean, other than that, you know, NC State, Wake Forest, Virginia, Pitt should all be sure wins. So your season is basically this Notre Dame game at Florida State, uh, at Louisville, and at North Carolina, which is obviously I am saying at three, you know, three game, three three road games against teams that are undefeated in your conference right now. That's yeah. not easy, um, but I, I do think that I, I, you know, Duke has a real chance to get a huge momentum when they get this game. Yep. Yep, should be fun. This is going to be the one that I'm going to be keeping my eye on primarily. Obviously, the very different start times for these two makes it a little bit easier to watch both of them, but I think they're both worth watching. Most Wanted section, starting off, Troy at Georgia State, 7 p.m. on ESPN+. This is the game where we can see how real Georgia State is, I think. That is that is the easiest way I can sell this. They are favored at home per SP+. Troy's defense will not make it easy. Georgia State's offense has looked awesome this year. Their defense has also been better than expected. I will give them credit. They've given up a lot of points. They struggled against Rhode Island, but they are good situationally, and they pretty much just blanked Coastal Carolina. Um, I think that Georgia State is a very, very real contender to win this game, and if it does, it's a very real contender in the Sun Belt. I think there's also a world where Troy just turns the lights out. I think that Troy's defense is good enough that it can do that. Georgia State needs good Darren Granger here. It needs very, very good Darren Granger to win this game. He has shown up before. We have seen him several times this season, more than we have in, in past years. I think they are getting it figured out with how to use him. I like those receivers a lot. You need those guys to be ready to go for this game if you want to win it because Troy will not 
Troy will not just wait. Troy will not just let you let you do it on offense. They will go and take the ball. They will pressure you. That offense is not very good, but it is good enough to win a game with their defense. I think that this is a this is a really really big Sun Belt game in a in a week that has several pretty big Sun Belt games. Yeah, yeah, um, it's huge. I mean, I, I think that Georgia State has been the, like, one of the biggest shocks this season, right? I don't think we expect them to be this good. Yeah. I don't know if you agree with me. That was at least my perspective. No, I, I was um, I was kind of under the assumption that they would look a lot like they have in the past under Sean Elliott, which is you see moments of very good and then you see moments of very bad, and ultimately they lose more games than they win because of that. That could still be the case. <laughs> They're 4-0. They could still go 4-8. They could still, you know, fuck this up. Sean Elliott has done it before. They have started well before. But I think that they have looked, just from watching them and not just looking at the at the record and the scores, they have looked very impressive. They have looked like they have more answers for things. I think that offense is more dynamic. The defense has figured some things out with a new coordinator. I think it was the guy from Coastal. Um I I like some of the stuff that Georgia State is doing, and I think that they are capable of winning this kind of game. And if they do, they could they could parlay this into a lot of momentum moving forward. There is also, yeah. like I said, there's a very very real world where Troy has more depth and more talent, and just turns the lights out. I think that that is as as distinct a possibility as anything else in this game. It's true. I'm also somewhat skeptical of like the bounce back of Troy's rush attack, considering yeah. they played Western Kentucky which may end up with the worst rush defense in the country or close to it this season. Yeah. Um, I am curious to see if they can run the ball on Georgia State. Yeah. Um, it's something I, I, I will also add on Troy real quick, and we have said this about Wisconsin several times this season. Stop fucking passing the ball so much. I've seen way too much five wide from these guys. I don't want to see that shit. I don't want to see yeah. Gunnar Watson as the only guy in the backfield. That should never, ever happen. There's no reason to do that. They have awesome receivers. They really do. They have very, very good receivers. Gunnar Watson is not a threat. He is not a guy who you look at their, you look in the backfield and you're like, oh, no, it's Gunnar Watson. No, you don't think that because he's not very good. He's not very good at getting the ball to those guys. Uh, run the ball. Don't be afraid to just give it to Kamani Vidal. There's nothing wrong with doing that. It's fine. I, I'm... I'm sick of seeing the five wide from these guys. It is uh, it is not good. It is not good for what they do. I don't know why they keep doing that shit. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. Uh, the next game on our list, Patrick, as we move into the no or sustain the most funny category, South Carolina, Tennessee, seven thirty SEC network. Yep. Um, I think Tennessee might be pretty ass. Uh huh. And Spencer Rattler, we know his whole deal. I will give him this. Outside of the Georgia game, he has been incredible this season. Um, and he was he was incredible like in that game for about a half. He he gave us about one good half, yeah, and then, then he Juice lost Wells his. Got yeah, and then yeah. then he lost Juice Wells. Is Juice Wells healthy again? Is he playing? Uh, I was actually just going to look that up. I don't think so. I think it's several more weeks though. He's back. Damn, Let me double check on that. That sucks. Um, yeah, he's out. He's out. Oh man. Um, yeah, that sucks. Um, also, South Carolina's O line, which we thought would be a problem, has really kind of manifested as a problem the last couple of weeks here. Yeah. Uh, or let me say, I'm more than that. Over their three games against Power Five opponents, South Carolina's O line has allowed 16 sacks. <laughs> uh, um, that's so many in that's three so many. games. 16 games against power five opponents. Oh yeah. my God. And Tennessee's, I mean, the defensive line is not the biggest problem for this defense, right? Like that is the defensive line is, is no, it's probably the biggest competent. strength. Their defense, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, that is not, that is not. I favorable. actually think your D line is good. Yeah. Um, mm. I, I just wonder how much time he'll have to play. And without juice wells in the game, like, do they have, 
are there any different like uh, Xavier Leggett's very good I, I think for for South Carolina yeah but like he's one guy like do the skill players have enough to get open consistently and kind of you know allow Rattler get the ball out fast kind of play their game I think Tennessee should win this game just based on that alone yeah I don't think South Carolina has the a whole football team right they have pe- they have individual pieces at a few positions, but not a whole team. Yep. Uh, it's kind of where I'm at with it. Yep, um, I think that's fair. Tennessee has to win this game, too. Tennessee has to win this game. South Carolina could really use it, but Tennessee has to win this game. Um, yeah. Boy, I do. I, I cannot believe that I'm saying this, but South Carolina has made me say it. They have forced my hand. I do feel bad for Spencer Rattler with what he is dealing with this season. Um, he has been dealt a bad hand. From his, I will not say that. Yeah, from his coaching staff. If you say staff. that, I could never come I would not. Yeah. I would not wish 16 sacks in three games on any quarterback short of, like you know, history's greatest monsters. I don't, <laughs> I don't mm. think, I don't think he's deserving of that treatment, even though I do think he is a bad guy. Um, like Greg McElroy. Yeah, yeah. Greg McElroy. I would love to see that happen too. Um, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> that, that sucks. And not having juice wells. That's, uh, that's rough. No fly list. I'm going to roll through these again. Stop me. If you hear anything that peach that piques your interest, Texas state at Southern miss 7 PM on ESPN plus, Iowa State at Oklahoma, 7 p.m. on FS1. San Diego State at Air Force, 8 p.m. on CBSSN. Uh, West Virginia at TCU, 8 p.m. on ESPN2. And Pitt at Virginia Tech, 8 p.m. on ACC Network. Why the fuck is that on here? Absolutely not. Well, come on, come on. Look, those two <laughs> games, WU and TCU should not have the records they have. Those teams are not, like, that good. Yeah. And Pitt-Virginia Tech teams are, are both very bad. Uh-huh. And neither one should lose this game. I don't know. if. Pitt- it loses that game. I'm just watching it for Narduzzi watch. Yeah. I don't think there's any world where he gets fired this season. But if they lose that game, <laughs> uh, <sighs> he better start calling his agent for some DC jobs pretty fast. He better start calling is, his he, agent for a bus trip to East Lansing, I think is what he's going to do. <laughs> just get oh, the hell he out is, of if he, No, 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 no. I think he is not getting that job. Um I don't think that he's an option for that job anymore yeah. just based on what he's done the past two years. Yeah. Um, also, Pitt's arguably best offensive lineman or second best offensive lineman is now out for the season. Great. Um, their well, left they, tackle, Mac on The good yeah. news is they have so many of those. They have so many good offensive linemen. So lose it doesn't even matter, you know, right? They're just, you know, they're going to pop in some other Mac level talent guy and it won't even be a big problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're... It's bad, dude. Ryan Jacoby, Drake Cadell, Jake Cradell also out for the year. Or Cradell's out indefinitely. Jacoby's out for the year. Yeah. Um, I don't know, dude. I don't know what to say. Like they. Do you think that here? I'll, I'll give you an over under. Over under one hundred yards passing for Phil Dracovic. Do you think he can do that? Well, he's not playing. He's out. He's not um, playing. Oh man. No. They they brought in Christian Bouyou last week, and he went seven of eighteen for eighty five yards with two interceptions. Oh boy. Um, Hey, I'm starting. So, I'm starting to think that maybe the issue is beyond just the quarterback for Pitt. Given that Keaton Slovis has been pretty good for BYU this year, I'm I'm wondering if perhaps there is a larger problem at play here for Pitt than just the quarterback. Yeah, I mean the Signetti thing is uh, that's yeah. bad business, dude. That is just that's nasty, bad. nasty work. Yeah, it's bad stuff. Um, I I don't know how. I don't know how they recover from this. I don't know. Like, it's just such a disastrous choice that, like, he clearly has no interest in correcting and is, in fact, because of his decision-making. I don't know how Narduzzi ever gets back from this. Yeah. Um, how do you not just lose faith in him as a player if he's your coach after this shit? 
I, yeah, I don't know. I certainly would have. I would have entered the transfer portal after the last game if I was Pitt's players, because that's been four, and you're going to redshirt. <laughs> that would be that would be my advice to pretty much anybody in or around that program is hit the portal now before you burn this season. You don't need to do this. You could save it and go play somewhere else that's taking football yeah. seriously. Um, They're having a very embarrassed situation where one of their top recruits, one of their top commits locally, um, is not even a clear take for Penn State, uh, but took a visit to Penn State trying to get them to take them. <laughs> um, so oh boy, yeah, yeah. Mm, that's they not... just lost another kid today. They just lost a kid to. Let me double check. Um, I think it was NC State, maybe. Let me double okay. check that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Sounds like things are going pretty well there for Pat Narduzzi. It sounds like he is. Uh... He's trying very hard and sustaining the success that he has had and definitely not just running that shit into the ground. Mm-mm. Yeah, great work. Um, yeah, they're cooked, dude. Yeah. They're, they're cooked. I'm sorry to our pit fans. Uh, it's it's Pat's fault. Get rid of him. Yep. Um, the most wanted slate in the late night. Uh, we have Alabama, Mississippi State getting off at 9 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. Um, <sighs> it's not a very, I much- would say it's not a very good late night slate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to watch this game. No. And then the no-fly list here is Washington at Arizona, 10 p.m. on Pac-12 Network. Uh, I said it a couple weeks ago when they were playing Michigan State and they let their foot off the gas, but uh, this is another one. Washington's offense is on record book watch. They could put, they can name their number here. They can name the passing yards number. They can name the rushing yards number. They can name the points. They can name their goddamn success rate if they want to. You can pick it. It doesn't even, there's nothing that Arizona is doing that will stop you from doing anything. You are running on air. Run whatever you want. You, you can do anything. You can do a run, you can do a one route play action. You can keep nine guys in protection 10 guys in protection it doesn't matter they can't cover shit they can't do anything these guys are useless there's nothing on this defense name your score yeah i mean what's the like can they get 600 yards this game they get 700 yards what's the expectation i think it is purely up to them i think if they want 700 yards they can very easily attain 700 yards if they want 600 that's more than enough i i think it is entire this game is entirely dependent on how long washington wants to play that's it They, they will end this game whenever they want to yeah yeah um ugh. Disgusting. Just disgusting <laughs> stuff here from Arizona. No need for it. Um, yeah. Alabama, I guess Alabama playing a late night slot when everyone kind of thinks they're fine if they beat Ole Miss and lose this game. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty funny. They won't yeah. do it because Mississippi State's bad, but it'd be pretty funny. It would be pretty funny. It is funny that they have to play in this slot as well. That this is They're, they're getting the second half of the doubleheader on ESPN. Um, pretty cool. Pretty cool that we're in that, that situation. Um, yeah. I don't think there's a ton going on in either of these games. If you want to watch them, you can. I don't know that I would formally uh, recommend it. I think there are probably better things to do with your time in the late night slate here this week because neither of these I don't think are going to be especially competitive. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, Well, Patrick, that is a week of college football, huh? It is a week of games. There will be games on. Um, I'm interested in at least four of them. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's kind enough. of a bad week, honestly. But but when uh, I think it's a bad week, it's I think it's, it's usually, okay. I, yeah, it's I okay. I think it's okay. I, mean, I think we're getting into conference play. It's not the best week of conference play in the world, but there's nothing. There's no such thing as a bad week of conference play. It's always going to be compelling. It's always going to be interesting. Um, there's stuff here. There's enough here that you can find your way through the day. I, I think it is. Uh, it, it's it's not. 
it's not bad. I, I think that this is an average week. It may be, maybe slightly below average. It is, it's college football. It's going to be fucking good. It's always good. You people know what's going on. There's not a many, there's not a ton of marquee games, but there's more than enough to get you through here. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. Say, look, if, if you don't like late night slate games, but you're up for a late night, um, the Australian rules football final is on. Um, <laughs> Come on. Collingwood at Brisbane for the big grand final. Yeah. Um, so we're rooting for those magpies love to see the magpies go out there what are you bringing I in think. here what are you bringing into this show what are you track you're tracking some fucking mud in here on this on the damn show I don't <laughs> know, the- uh my buddy's girlfriend i think we're rooting for collingwood i gotta double check that okay uh, his girlfriend's australian so we're i'm supposed to catch part of this but um I don't really know the rules. Uh huh. I think that I I watched a video about the rules like a couple weeks ago, <laughs> not that okay. long ago. Because I was inter- I was trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. There's somebody I think it was like Bill Connolly retweeted a video of it, and I was watching it. I was like, what the hell is happening here? <laughs> what is going on with this shit? They're kicking the ball all over the place. Um, I think they kick the ball. That's I believe that that is how they do it. They have to like the dribble it. The scores are so high too. Yeah, they have to like dribble it and kick it. And there's like one of the ways that you can kick it is worth more points than the. It's like worth ten versus one or something like that. Um, but I don't know. It's it's. Uh, I you know what I will give it credit. It is better than rugby. That is the most that I will say yeah, about like Australian rugby, football. Here's I, here's the big stat of the week you should know. Uh-huh. Um, Collingwood leads Brisbane in disposals. Oh. Um, Collingwood has 8,454 disposals. Jesus Christ. It's a Just lot of disposals. <laughs> yeah. That's so a much bigger number up. than I was expecting you to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the stats listed on the Australian Rules Football preview for this game are and let me know if you know what any of these mean uh-huh. there are disposals handballs clearances tackles i know that one hit outs inside 50 free kicks and kicks uh, kicks i can kind of i can you know get a pretty good feel for i know generally what a kick is um <laughs> they got all sorts of shit going on over there they got some stats you've never even heard of oh he's he's, he's got 35 wellies shut up that's nothing that doesn't mean anything that's a made-up word you, you you're not what is a wellie i don't know that's what i'm saying they got they got shit like that oh he's he's got uh he's got 13 balls he's got six shrimp on the barbie in this yeah one, huh? yeah he's got six shrimp on the barbie he is he's grilling a half stack right now what the fuck are you talking about what is that even and you know mean? the most fucked up part about this is is we're gonna get some replies from our listeners we're gonna find out like two or three of them like yeah. actually have an australian Rules football team oh absolutely and follow this shit yeah it's disgusting don't look we like you guys just toe the line just toe the line <laughs> understand that your hobby is weird it is not us that is weird in this. <laughs> our buddy max on the boards is the handball coach for ohio state yeah um he was telling us did you see his post but he, t- he tells his team intentionally yes go get a yellow card in the first half of the set, game he's setting the tone he's setting the tone it. i don't know how, how do you get a yellow card in handball is it is a physical sport what, how does that work i I don't really know. I think they play. Don't they play on like hardwood? Don't they play on like a basketball court? I don't, maybe I'm. Oh, I'm knocking someone's teeth out, dude. Yeah. You know, play handball. Someone's getting an elbow to the fucking getting mouth. slammed I'll into the gym out. wall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing your ass into the bleachers. Yeah, yeah. You're getting your your shin bone bro- broken because the front bleacher is like kind of dangling out, and I'm throwing you over it. It is not a pleasant scene at all. <laughs> it is not what you want to see. Um. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to Max. Shout out to the the OSU handball team for setting the tone. We love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, All right. Well, 
That's our podcast, huh? Yep, that's our podcast. We'll see you guys for the recap show.